God. Going to be in the book of Luke, chapter number five, uh, verses 17. Not going to be before you long, and we will end uh, tonight with our communion, Lord's Supper. Uh, book of Luke, chapter number five, verses 17. Let's make our declaration of faith. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, come on, everybody, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Thank you again, God. Grace us. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter number five, verse number 17. This is not really a foundational text. Um, I'm going to extrapolate just one thought um, out of this particular text at the end, uh, but it, it just kind of lays, just kind of speaks to what we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Bible declares one day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting he there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on, look, look, at, look at this, man. They're they trying to get this boy to Jesus. Can't go through the door because of the crowd. So the Bible declares they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the towels into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home immediately. Somebody shout immediately. That's good. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. And the people of God said, so watch this. Um, I believe, I believe it's four things that God wants. And you guys have heard me say this before. Um, four things that God wants, uh, that he's wanted from every generation and that he wants out of this generation. Now, number one, I believe that God wants lost people to be saved. Can somebody say amen to that? He, he wants you, he wants to have um, a relationship with you. He, he wants you to know him. I believe not only does he want lost people saved, I believe that God wants saved people to be pastored. You, you know, so you could use disciple to, to substitute pastored, uh, but God don't want you to go through your Christian journey alone. Uh, there are people that he places in your life to help you to navigate through tough times. So he wants lost people to be saved he wants safe people to be pastored, and he wants pastored people to be trained. Trained. It's one thing to be pastored. Pastoring helps me with my issues. But after I've been freed from some of my dumb stuff, it's time to go to work. <laughs> Instead of being served, now it's time to serve. So he wants pastored be people to be trained, and then he wants 
trained people to be, watch this, mobilized. So it's not enough to just know what to do, but put your hands to the plow and let's actually do it. Can somebody say amen to that? So we sum it up in what, we, what we've established as our vision for empowerment ministries. We want people to know God. We want them to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We want people to know God. Uh, we want them to establish a relationship with God. The example is the people of God coming out of Egypt. That's, that's knowing God. They're establishing a relationship. They know God. They're coming out of darkness. But watch this. After you come out of darkness, now you got to get darkness out of you, find freedom. You come out of the world, but you got to get the world out of you. You come out of an abusive relationship, but you got to get the abusive relationship now out of. Okay? So know God, but it's not enough just to know God. He wants you to be, because you can be bound on your way to heaven. But that's not the life that Jesus died for. He died for the abundant life, not just heaven. David said that my foot had almost slipped, least I should see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So he wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover the why you're here. The, the, the why. Had a great conversation with a guy a few days ago, and, and he was talking about his role as a father. I said, man, what's your, what's your purpose, man? He says, my purpose is to be a great father, a great father. And I thought that was, that was admirable to be a great, you know, father. But I asked him how old was his baby. And uh, so he told me how old his baby was. And so I calculated, you know, the, the number of years it would take for the, the child to finish college. So I said, in 15 years from now, what's going to be your purpose? I don't know. <laughs> what that tells me is that may be an assignment to raise your babies and be a good father. But your purpose is something that never goes away. It's the reason you exist. It's, it's the reason that you own this. Come on, somebody. I'm, 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 I'm striving to be a good father, but I'm more than just a good father. There's something else that God wants me to do that's going to span my entire lifetime. Can you say amen to that? And I don't believe that you're really living until you found that thing that God has called you to do. Can you say amen to that? So he wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Now, now watch this. When it comes to knowing God, somebody shout, know God. Okay, so as a, we've established these four as, as the vision for EMCC, but what I want to do for the next couple of weeks, and man, I don't want you guys to miss, I want everybody to come um, for, for the next three weeks. Um, um, this is, what are we in, September? What is this, August? Oh yeah, this is my birthday month. That's right, this is like, this is August. Like, what is, what is it, so today is like the 8th, so the 19th, that's what, like, uh, that's, that's, that's like 11 days away. So it's 11 days from my birthday. Are y'all serious? Y'all cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> I'm being silly. So this is what I want to do for the next couple of weeks. And, and seriously, I, I want you to come. I want you to be a part because this is kind of vision casting. Um, we, we established this as vision, but there are some principles that undergird the vision. Okay, this is, this is what I see, but this is what we're going to do to get us to what I see, okay? Um, when we came home, and, and this, this is uh, one, one of my, my mentors, distant mentors, uh, Pastor Chris um, has, has helped me with this. When it comes to knowing God, this is the primary way that we introduce people to God. This, this is the, the primary. Do we witness? Sure. Do we evangelize? Sure. Do we knock on doors and red ball? Absolutely. We do all of that, but when it comes to consistency, this is the primary way. 
And, and, and this, is, this is what we have strived to do here at EMCC, and that is to be a seeker-friendly church. When I say seeker-friendly, what, what do I mean by that? Somebody help me. Okay. Kinda, kinda. So, so what I mean by seeker-friendly, we want to create a church service that both believers love, but lost people don't mind attending. All right? All right. Anybody ever been to a church that you really enjoy, but you were scared to invite your friends because you were like, I know they ain't going to come. <laughs> you understand? I mean, you get in a church and you're like, Woo! and then you think about Pookie, no, nah, he can't come to this. He ain't going to like this at all. So, so, so I, we want to create an environment where you feel comfortable inviting people to come. Like my girl right here. Invited all these wonderful people. We're so glad to have y'all. Can y'all bless the Lord? Can y'all just bless the Lord? <laughs> Evidently, she ain't embarrassed <laughs> yet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I may mess that up for you tonight. Pray for me, okay? So, and, and watch this. Watch this. And we, man, we have, we've worked very, very hard uh, the past couple of years. I'm talking about holistically, the staff holistically, the, the worship, the, the, the greeting, the ushers. We've, we've worked tirelessly to, to make this, even my, my preaching, I've cut it down some, some, slightly. Thank you, brother Gitter. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you're trying to encourage me to continue, <laughs> that, that ain't going to work. <laughs> He ain't done. He ain't finished with me yet. All right. So this is the primary way, and we're doing a we're doing a good job. There's some more things that we're gonna implement that's that's gonna make it even the more attractive. Because watch this. We as a church, we want we want a fine balance between because people can go on YouTube right now and watch a preacher better than me. They can go on Facebook Live and watch somebody better than me. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can pull up something right now. I know better than me, okay? But watch this. This is the difference we want when they walk through the door. We want a wow factor that they can't get online. You know, we thank God for Facebook Live because people are going to watch us and stream. But if they, if, if, they if, they, if they happen to stay home, if, if they happen to stay home, they get the word, but they still going to miss something. I'm, I'm just I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's b because it's like a wow factor. So, so we're doing a better job, but, but I want to add to that. We want people to know God, and then we want them to do what, y'all? We want them to find freedom. Again, we, we help them get out of Egypt, but then there's a process of getting the Egypt. Right? Now watch this. This is a model, laying hands on the sick, casting out demons, yeah. In the church I grew up in, and, and nothing wrong with this, I'm, if, if anybody that does know me, um, I'm a firm believer in the laying on of hands. I'm, I'm a firm believer in casting out demons. In churches that I grew up in, it wasn't even a good service if, if a demon wasn't cast out. Did y'all have a church? Yeah, we did. How many demons y'all cast out? Well, we didn't really do that. Y'all ain't had no church. You understand? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm pro this. Don't, don't get this twisted. I am pro this. And, and this is why. Luke 10, 
Uh, 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall do what, y'all? You do know we have authority over demons. And, and now watch this. Everybody that has a demon aren't necessarily spitting up green stuff, heads are spinning, and eyes rolling. You understand? Because there's a difference between possession and oppression. Sometimes you can be oppressed with something that drives you to be depressed or sometimes suicidal. If you ever heard something in your head say you ought to kill yourself, you were demonically oppressed at that moment. I'm telling you, you were. So there are times when you need something broken off. There's times when you need something cast out. And that's okay because a Christian can't be possessed, but they can't be oppressed. What's the difference? Possession deals with the spirit of a man. It, it deals with the spirit of a man. Oppression deals with the mind of a man. Why can't a Christian be possessed? Because the spirit of God indwells my human spirit. Can somebody say amen to that? But when it comes to oppression, it's not my human spirit. It's my mind that the enemy is fighting. So there are times when even, your, even as your pastor, I feel something that's wrestling with my mind. At times when I have people to lay hands on me, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and, the sh and they shall recover. So I am, I am pro this. I am pro this. Uh, but I want to introduce something tonight. Um, I want to communicate why this doesn't work sometimes. I'm not going to say that it doesn't work, why this is not always the best method. Jesus help me. Because it, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that so we're clear. It's not that it doesn't work, it does work. Because as, a, watch this, not as a pastor, not as, as an apostle, not as a preacher, teacher. If you are a believer, let me, let me go back, let me, let me, yeah, okay. Mark 16, 17, and these signs shall follow them that, what y'all? Okay, not apostles, prophets, but if you have faith in Jesus Christ, come on. You have authority over the demonic. Is that right? So, so, so I just want to highlight again why this is not always the best method, although it does work. And this is why. Luke eleven twenty four says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. It, so it returns... It, 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 was ca it, was, it, was, it was it was cast out. Somebody that was anointed, Jesus, commanded it to go and it left. But 25 says, so it, it did leave, but 25 says, so it, what y'all? It, it returned and finds that its former home, isn't that something a demon, call, demon calls your mind his home? His former home is all swept and in order. Then, watch this, watch this, watch this. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person that was free from the demon is now worse off than. So watch this, man. This is why 
I argue that this is not necessarily, it, it does work, it can work, but it's not necessarily the best method because you can drive a demon out, but if you drive a demon out without recognizing the door that he came in, you're setting a person up for failure. And when it comes to deliverance ministry, too many times we quick to cast something out, but what about the door that the devil came in in the first place? If you don't actually deal with that door, he coming back. As soon as you... So, so I, got, I got these stray cats that come to my house. I got one stray cat. I fed him one time, and he's like mine. So I guess he our cat. He brings me dead mice. It was a snake the other day he brought to the house. He was like, meow for you, meow. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Squirrels, rabbits, all kind, of, all kind of gifts he just leaves at the front door. So um, my cat is a female. There's two male stray cats that, you know, the way my office is, I look out my front window, so I see them just coming. And I wait for them to get on the, you know, on, on the porch, and then I just bust out the door. <laughs> I ain't finna run out of them. I just, I just bust out the door, and then they take off. So watch this. As long as I'm there, my presence is there, they don't approach. But as soon as I leave, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they're doing right now. And that's how it can be when you establish yourself as the authority over a demon in somebody else's life when you haven't dealt with doors. As long as you're there, you got discernment, you can see, oh, yeah, I feel that. I feel that, and I can speak against it in the name of Jesus. But what happens when you leave? If you're taking notes, jot, jot this down, true cops, true, true cops, if you're taking notes. True, true cops. Let me show you doors, 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 doors. And when it, comes to, when it comes to people that are spiritually oppressed, people that are depressed, um, before I cast something out or try to cast something down, I try to help them shut doors first because the reality is if you shut doors, the devil has to go all by himself. Yeah. There, there's no portal for entry. True cops, this is what it stands for. And these are the doors that the enemy often uses to spiritually oppress people. Trauma, rejection, unforgiveness, curses, occult practices, physical objects, and sin. Somebody saw doors. So here's the problem with these doors. Here's the problem with these doors. I have to address the door. I have to actually acknowledge that I was hurt, I was traumatized, that I was rejected by my daddy, by my mother. I got some bitterness and some unforgiveness in my heart. I've, 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 I've went to a witch doctor and, and I've, I've paid him to curse somebody else, not realizing that whatever you sow, you also reap. I have some, uh, some physical objects in my house that's been consecrated to demons. And, and as long as that object is in, is in my house, it gives the demon license to hover over my house. I have physical objects, occult practices, things that my mom taught me, my grandmother taught me, my daddy taught me that I didn't even know. I was, I was just saying something, but I've been saying it so long, not even knowing that I've given the enemy 
I got habitual sins in my life that I do want to quit, but they call me. And these doors are open and they continue to remain open. And this is why, if you take a note, jot this down. You are as sick as your secrets. So it's not a demon I really got to cast out. It's not a devil. It's not spiritual oppression that I really need to deal with. I need to talk to you about some of these doors. Let's talk about the relationship with you and mom. You and your daddy. What happened to you when you was a little girl? The disappointment, the rejection, the car accident. So here we are, cute little church, Empowerment Ministries. It's my church home. We want people to know God. We want them to find freedom. We want them to discover, to discover purpose, make a difference. Just talking about the first two points of the vision, this is a great method of introducing people to God. I'm so glad, Mother, I'm so proud to say there is never a Sunday where somebody don't raise their hand to either receive Jesus for the first time or rededication. Every Sunday. When I say heads bowed, eyes closed, and some of y'all be cheating. It's okay. <laughs> Every Sunday, somebody is introduced to Jesus, and this is what I love as well. Everybody don't necessarily raise their hand that make a con because what this, th there's power in preaching. There's power in preaching. There's power in preaching. Here's the power. God gives me words. He gives me general words. The Spirit of God takes those words and he tailors it to your heart. So if it ever feel like, uh, and Mother said from time to time, Pastor, you've been following me all day? I have not, I promise. I'm not that kind of preacher. <laughs> what happens is the Spirit of God, it ain't Greg. I'm relying on him. The Spirit of God takes the general message he gave me and he tailors it to each individual heart, which causes a conviction. And conviction motivates a response. And the response is, I want to come closer to Jesus. So this is a great model for knowing God. Watch this. It's not the best model for finding freedom. The reason it's not the best model for finding freedom is because in order to find freedom, mother, I got to deal with some secrets. Let me show you. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals their sin does not what, y'all? If you don't talk about it, you will not. But the one who what, y'all? Say what now? Who opens and confesses renounces them, finds mercy. Now watch this. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we, what y'all, confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. James 5, 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and do what? Pray for each other so that you may be what? 
If you want forgiveness, go to God. If you want healing, go to a brother or sister in Christ. I didn't set this up. God did. You know why he said that? Because how did you get hurt? You got hurt in community. So I'm going to use community to heal you. <laughs> so so here's, the, here's the problem, and, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so, if y'all can't tell, I'm jumping up and down in my spirit right now. So when it comes to finding freedom, in order to find freedom, I've got to talk about some secrets. And, and this is the problem. This, this, I can't do it. I can't get free here. I can get saved here. I can't get liberated here. You know why? Because in order for me to get liberated here, I got I to gotta say, I got to say, Pastor, I, I need to testify. Last night I was with Shakrika. <laughs> and Shakrika was my wife. And I just want to apologize in front of the whole church. That ain't happening. Pop, it happened <laughs> years ago when I was, a little, you know, like five or six Somebody actually get up and, and confess their sins publicly. It ain't happening in 2019. And if you think you're a bad preacher, you just going to make them confess, oh, you're going to be one less member, come on, somebody, that particular Sunday. Do you understand? <laughs> they do, sis, I'm finding a church down the street. So, 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 wow. Thank you, Jesus. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So knowing God can happen from this I can minister, I can preach, I can teach. But when it comes to true freedom, and watch this, I'm really talking about long-term lasting freedom because, again, I can't break a demon off of you, can't do that. But when I'm gone and I haven't dealt with help you to uh, deal with doors that he came in in the first place, he coming right back again, and he coming seven times worse. So when we talk about freedom, this is what freedom looks like. It looks like, it looks like a small group of sisters getting together. Yeah, they need help. See, they need to be free. Violent. And, and, and watch this, watch this, watch this. They, they come together, they come together, and, and they talk, and they laugh. They discuss the word of God. But after a while, they become a little bit more comfortable and trusting with one another to say, this is what's going on in my marriage. I want y'all to pray for me. I, 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 y'all brag about my kids all together, but this is what's going on with my, my kids. M m money is good, but really, I'm thinking about filing bankruptcy. That's, that's freedom when you confess and you got a group of sisters that's able to come around you and to agree with you and to help you. This, this, is, this is freedom. N not, not, not in just a big mass church service, but here's freedom. When you spend time with a brother and he becomes comfortable enough to eventually take his Christian mask off. Because all of us wear masks. Watch this. How you doing? Oh, fantastic, man. No, you ain't. Your wife been mad at you all day. <laughs> we, we, put on the, we put on these masks. So 
this is this is what I want to do, man. Again, th- this message and the next couple of messages we're gonna be uh, vision casting. Um, I'm going to ask something of this church, and it starts with Bible study. I'm gonna touch it just a little bit on this Sunday, and um, I'm gonna ask you guys for a a twelve week commitment. Twelve. 12-week commitment. Um, my, my daughter, she's going to send out a blast uh, on Sunday. It's going to look something like this. It's going to be like a link. You'll tap that link and you'll go to a survey. And it's going to ask you, are you male or female? And then it's going to ask you if we were to meet in a smaller group of 8 to 10 men eight to ten ladies, just a small group, what would be a good day for us to meet? Sundays, 8.30, Sunday evening, 6, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so forth and so on. Um, For the next 12 weeks, starting September 1, and and that may adjust up or back. I have to get um, some of the staff to to, to verify that. Um, We're going to spend 12 weeks in a curriculum called freedom. And this is what freedom is going to deal with for 12 weeks. It's going to help you to better process some trauma in your life. It's going to help you with some unforgiveness issues, some bitterness in your heart. It's going to help you with some some secret sins, some habitual sins. It's going to help you with some shame and guilt. Some of you guys, the sin is not the problem. I still feel very, very bad about what I did five years ago, five days ago, five minutes ago. I'm never doing it again, but I just is weighing heavy on my heart. And, and I just need somebody to confess to, talk to. Twelve, 12 weeks. Twelve weeks. So what it's kind of going to look like, we won't have, for beginning September 1, we're going to do Bible study for the next, I think, three more weeks. Because, again, I, I, I want to get through this uh, material on team building and uh, vision casting because there's some other things that we're going to tweak in ministry that I want to launch uh, next week and week after that. So starting September, the, the first week of September, we won't have a general Bible study. Um, we're going to have three days where we'll offer groups for men and women to come together in smaller groups. Say again? And teams. So let, let's just put a calendar out there. I'll just put a schedule out there. Uh, so let's just say uh, Sunday morning at 8.30, a group of ladies meet. Sunday evening, there's another opportunity for a group of ladies to meet. Uh, Tuesdays at 6 p.m., guys will meet. Wednesday, another group of ladies will meet. On Thursday, um, and we're, we're trying to be strategic with Thursday, because Thursday will be the only day that we'll provide both the meal and child care for those who need it. Uh, so we'll have, we'll, we'll actually meet, some of the other meetings will be at um, some people's houses uh, that we select, uh, but Thursday for sure will be at the church. We'll have both the men's group, ladies group, and a teens group um, on Thursday, and child care available with pizza. Praise the Lord. This is what it's going to look like. We're going to go through this curriculum. It's going to be fantastic. 
this is, I'm, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Um, I've gone through what's called Freedom Conference, which is the conclusion of the Freedom Course. And, and I actually went through that three times. I went to Birmingham and I went through their course. I, I came uh, to my friends at Cedar Lake and then I went to North uh, Wood and I went through theirs. And when I tell you God was able to break things off of me that I didn't know I was still bound by. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a better guy today than I was a few, a few months ago. I'm freer. I'm happier. I'm more focused. And so what I'm doing right now, I have a small group of, of, of that's kind of going through, re-going through the course again, uh, that's going to provide some leadership. And I'm telling you, this for me, I'm, re I'm going through it again. Mother, this is like a game changer for me. Game changer. Because it's one thing to be saved. It's a whole nother ball game when you can look the devil in the face and tell him, you ain't got nothing on me. All of that's covered under the blood. I am free. But ain't you still mad at him? Psh, I ain't mad at him. I don't forgave that. I released that. I'm good. You good? No, you ain't good. Because it don't look too good for you and your future. <laughs> look good for me and mine. Devil, yours look hot. <laughs> With red and orange and blue flames. Come on, somebody. Yes. So I want to challenge you guys Okay, okay. So, watch this. I'm done. Um, there were a group of friends, four guys, and they had a friend who needed to get to Jesus. And so, they, they picked him up on the mat, looked, and, and they started taking him to Jesus. That's, that's fine. Hey, we could do this. We can do this. Just taking him to Jesus. Let Jesus do his thing. And they got to the door, and it was a crowd of people. They couldn't get in. So this is what they did. They, all four of them, they picked the man up. And mother, they climbed on the roof of the house. And they started tearing up the roof. And they lowered the man down in front of Jesus. He got his sins forgiven, and he got his freedom. He was able to walk again. So this is what we're doing as a church. All we're doing is we're helping people to get to Jesus. And we're going to try a different method that's going to be a little bit more radical than what we've done before. We're going to go on top of the roof and try something a little different. Watch this. Twelve weeks, if this don't work, we can always go back to this. We can always go back to this. Okay? We can go to this model. But this is what I see, Pop. Chat, you got my count, sir? We got 58 people here. Within the next 12 weeks, on a Tuesday plus Wednesday plus Thursday, It'll be 116 plus that'll meet in smaller groups throughout the week. We're going to double the size of the people, double the impact, and be better because of it, because of a small little change. So we're going to do something a little different, but, but this, is, this is where I'm really going. 
Sister Marjorie, the only reason they were able to take the dude up on top of the roof is because all four of them agreed together, we're going to do this. So if this is going to work, I'm going to need your buy-in. <laughs> I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to show up. I'm, I'm going to need you to support. I can just imagine, man, I don't want to go on that roof. But watch this. It ain't about you. It's about him. And I think sometimes in the church we lose our focus. And uh, S- Sister Jazz, she, she posed a, a fantastic question a couple of uh days ago, maybe a week or so ago, about offense and, and all that kind of wonderful stuff. And of course, I didn't say nothing. I just wanted to hear. And you guys had great conversation. Um, all, all the things that I heard were good. But I think a lot of times the reason we get offended with folk is because we forget the reason we're real he- really here. <laughs> it's about him. So when I, don't, I don't feel like it, but you know what? If it's going to get him I'll do it. Here's here's the other reason that we sometimes get sidetracked. It's not just because we lose focus on him. Sometimes we forget it used to be him. And when I was in my most vulnerable position where somebody could have really hurt me, it was somebody that made uh, an adjustment, sacrifice, went out of their way, and try something different to try to get me to Jesus. That's, that's all I want to, I just want to try something different to see if we can get more people to Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, if I was really an ego type preacher, I wouldn't want to do that. <coughs> Preachers love crowds. They, they do. So, so if it was about my ego, I'd never consider that. I'd be like, bring a friend. Bring some, you got friends? bring them girl <laughs> not about ego not about me it's about the people I, I believe this next 12 weeks beginning September 1 can be the game changer not only for this church collectively but individually and I'm, I'm speaking from a testimonial position that I'm there's some things and we've only been meeting for I think three three weeks now twice Jesus two times <laughs> and God is already doing something helping me, making me better. And I want to provide that experience for you guys. We all received this word on today. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen.